bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. So the show today is called Canning 101 or Canning for Dummies. And when I say Canning for Dummies, I'm strictly referring to myself in that because I've never canned before, but I went out and I got two of my friends who are really, I mean, they absolutely know what there is to know about canning, and they agreed to come on and teach me, and hopefully maybe you guys will learn something too. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about Shannon and Jason because they're just really great guys. They're known as the Sheba guys. Um, I have all of their links up. Um, They do everything from urban farming, cooking and canning to photography, fashion design, and they eat all of that food that they grow and cook and preserve. And they preserve thousands of pounds of food from their backyard space in Seattle. They've started teaching others how to grow their own food, how to preserve and cook with local and seasonal ingredients. They have widely popular classes recipes, tutorials. They've been featured in local and national papers, websites, books. They've written articles for Fine Gardening Magazine, and they were featured on the Ball Canning Across America live webcast from the famous Pike Place Market. If anyone can help me, it's these guys. So thanks, Shannon and Jason, for coming on. Thanks for having us on. (laughs) Well, so everybody's canning. It's just not for old people anymore, right? And farmers. Oh, absolutely. Yes, yes. Uh, it's it's uh, happening all across the, uh, the the nation. There are canning societies, canning groups, canning meetups. Yeah, it's 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 uh, kind of a kind of a little, a little hip happening thing. It well really yeah, is we're because <laughs> finally, finally, you, you are the it guys. <laughs> well, so people have started getting into kind of growing their own sustainable, organic, um, not, right. you know, trusting food that's coming in from, you know, third world countries and, and that type of thing. And so they've, they're able to kind of plant in their own little space in their own backyard. But what I've noticed with us having and this is why I started thinking about canning, because we did plant a little space in our backyard. A little goes a long way in the garden. Some of that stuff just keeps giving, and you, don't, and you yep. can't even eat that much. Yeah, that happens zucchini a lot. Zucchini, for one thing. <laughs> oh, zucchini. That's like, that's like the old joke about zucchini and how it just, it's kind of like alien pods. It just keeps multiplying and multiplying, and pretty soon you're that person who's like, leaving zucchini on everybody's doorsteps and they see you coming and they, they you know, they, they stick their dog out the front door on you. <laughs> exactly. Oh, and, and we just got one plant because I, I know the history of zucchini. I'm like, don't like plant more than one because I know right, right. that one plant but will we'll just keep going. Well, how did you guys get into it, to canning? We got, we got into the whole thing because um, I'm kind of a fanatic. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, we get into it because I'm kind of a fanatic when I get into things, and I was driving home from work really late one night when I was working for other people, and uh, it 
Oh, on the radio came that Barbara Kingsolver interview on NPR. And it was um, from her book, Animal Vegetable Miracle. And uh, I heard this interview and I was like, she's nuts. <laughs> she only grows her own food and she has her own food and she drives it and she only eats from what she can grow and she can get locally. And I was like, she's nuts. I would never do that. That's crazy. And I think within, by the, by the hour drive home, I was completely sold on it. <laughs> and I came home and I told Jason, I said, so we're growing our own food from now on. <laughs> and, and, I think, and how long ago I was that? It, oh, that was seven years ago? Uh, seven or eight years ago, one or the other. Oh, yeah, I guess it's been almost eight years ago now. Wow. And uh, time flies. And we started out with some pea plants. We bought some, we actually bought pea plants, not seeds. We bought these cool heirloom pea plants. And then uh, we took this fated trip to Pike Place Market, <laughs> where if you've seen us walking around, we walk around the three Shiba Inus. And there are kids, and they draw a lot of attention. So we were down at Pike Place, and we were going to buy some fish to make. It was in the spring, and we wanted some asparagus and some uh, ferns, fiddlehead ferns, and some some troll-caught salmon. And so here they had this troll-caught king salmon. Da, da, da. I said, I'd like one of those. And I meant like a filet. And he thought that I meant the entire salmon. It was like almost came up to my shoulder if you held it up. And so I was paying attention to Jason, who was paying attention to the people asking questions about the Shiva kids. And all of a sudden this guy asked me if I want them to take off the head. And I was like, why does it matter? So I just said, sure. And next thing you know, he hands me this bag with a huge salmon in it. And I said, honey, I think we just bought an entire salmon. And uh, we made like... <laughs> with a huge price tag, I would imagine. It wasn't so bad. You know, I mean, it was the local troll pot uh, king salmon, and it was not as bad as you would think it would have been. And that was kind of like... He ah. says that now, but, but remember, at <laughs> that point in time, we, we were both corporate people, and we had well-paying <laughs> jobs. So, you know, dropping $150 for a fish wasn't that much. <clears throat> These well, days, <laughs> you know, so many meals. So we got like four meals out of that thing. So it exactly, was, uh, yes. Yeah, you know, and we kind of went the Barbara King solver way and said, you know, what's something that either we grow ourselves or we get locally? And you know, we sort of grown our own food. And there was the one year. What was the tomatoes? Uh, it was about uh, somewhere between six hundred and eight eight hundred pounds of tomatoes that we got from our fifteen by fifteen foot. Um, patio space, basically. Most of them were actually in potted plants. Now, when you're planting that many tomato plants, are you really thinking that you're going to get a harvest like that? Or, or are you thinking that, that it's you're just going to get a few tomatoes to make some tomato sauce and, and to have a salad or something? Or, or, or are you thinking that, that the bounty is going to be a plenty? No, we thought we're going to make some sauce and some, you know, we're going to eat them as we go, right? But that's a lot of freaking tomatoes. <laughs> yes. And and I kept wanting to try these different varieties and 
speak to a variety that he likes and I see one that I like, and we just kept collecting them, kind of in this maniacal kind of got-to-have-everything plant hoarder type persons that we turned into that year. And uh, we had 68 tomato plants back there. Yeah. I studied this book on uh, biointensive gardening about how to plant a lot in, in a small space. And uh, that's where we went from there. And it turned into a huge bunch of tomatoes. And we were like, well, we've got to learn to do something with these. And I knew how to can from being a kid. And Jason had been around canning and drying and freezing and stuff like that. So we started, we went back to the the ball blue book of canning. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> that's, the, that's the canner's Bible. You know, you got to start with that. And uh, it's we the got one that, that, that you know, your, your, your grandmother probably had a copy of it, you know, hidden away somewhere in her shelf. It's been around for, for years and years. Yeah, and so and we, it's, had, we had the, it's still a good one? Yeah, the, oh, ball blue book, the ball blue book guide to preserving. That's a tongue twister. And the ball complete book of home preserving. Those are, those are it. You start with those two and you've got everything you could possibly want. Okay, well, I'm writing all that down. So if anyone else needs a pen or, or, or a paper and pencil, we'll go through that again here in just a minute. But I wrote that down. So it's a ball blue we're book put of all canning that up on our website too. Okay. Oh, perfect. Okay, great. Okay, so so you, you kind of start there, and then where do you get these canning jars? Are they? Do you have to go to a special canning store, or do they? What's There's a special too? canning store. That only there's a secret knock you have to know. No, that's not true. Um, the hardware no. store. You go to. We went to McClendon's and True Value and the grocery store. And actually, the first time that we did it, I was like, it's going to take because we kind of we kind of went nuts from there. Like I said, we're okay. Me, I'm a little obsessive about things when I get into them. And we decided that we were going to can all of our own tomato sauce. That's where it was going to start and then all of our own jams and jellies and fruits. And so that was kind of where we started. So we said, what do we eat the most of? And, of course, it was the tomatoes. So we didn't have enough jars, and I said, this is going to cost a ton to get these. So we put out, <laughs> we put out a call on, uh, on our local uh, community blog, on the West Seattle blog, and said, if you've got extra jars that you don't use anymore, and they're in good shape, we'll take them. And people started believing them out on their, their front steps for us. And so we got a few jars that way, and the rest of them we bought from uh, the hardware stores. Yeah, no, that's good idea. But, you know, for, for, for those folks out there that, that are actually going out and buying jars, your, your local grocery store is going to have a section. Usually it's by the, uh, the, the, the vinegar area. Um, there'll be a small section of canning supplies, small jars. Um, larger jars, you're usually going to have better luck at like an Ace Hardware or just, you know, a local hardware store. And that is the same place that you're going to be able to find a water bath canner. And if you decide to go the, this route, you can also get a pressure canner as well. So, but, yeah, they, 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 those are the places that you're going to find those. Okay. All right. So so we, we go to Ace Hardware, we go to the grocery store, or or we start, you know, asking our friends and neighbors for for these, cars, yeah. for these cans, um, my, my family's from the south, so I just have to go to uh, to the uh, drinking cabinet <laughs> and I can right. pull down jars. <laughs> right. Totally. So, 
um, so, because when I was growing up, my my relatives, my older relatives, they all canned, and when we would have a big family gathering, they would go down to the basement and they would bring up green beans or whatever, and you know we'd open mm-hmm. them up. And, but I really never saw the process that went into that. I only saw the after process. Or when we would leave, they would always because we were the you know we, we were like the family from California. So when we would come in, you know they would always load us up like we didn't have fruits and vegetables in California, and they would we'd drive cross country from Tennessee with you know all these canned canned foods in our in our in our car. That that, that was the old days when you had to drive across country. Right. So now, if if you have a garden, everything does not come in at the exact same time for harvest. So how do you right. kind of preserve that till you're ready to can, or do you need to can as you go? So, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah you, you you actually have to, to you you have to kind of know roughly when things are going to start coming in, but at the same time, you have to be ready for it. Um, for for example, you know, it's, it's early in September now when, when we're recording this, so tomatoes are really just starting to, to, to kind of pour in at this point. But we've also got apples coming in, um, peaches and, and pears are, are all, you know, those, those are all coming in as well. So whatever you've got, you, you you could start using um, things like um, um, er, earlier vegetables, like uh, a lot of the beans are pretty well done by now. Um, peas are definitely done by by now. So any, anything like that, you, you, you aren't going to see, so you really don't have to worry about, unless you've got a source for it that you can actually just go out and get, you know, a small tub of, of green beans and then by all means. Like the farmer's market. green beans. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly like that. That's what so we you do have to take a little time. bit of res- you have to have a little bit of response a personal responsibility of know when you're when you plant when this should be coming to to maturity. Right, right. Okay, that's probably important. Got that? Okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, you can you can put it off a little bit. Like you can, uh, you know, you know, blanch and freeze tomatoes, and then pull okay. them back out and 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 can them. Um, we'll freeze berries because when, when blackberries come on, there's so many of them we can't even keep up with it. So we'll just free, wash them and freeze them and then take them back out and cook them down for jellies and jams later. Mm-hmm. What about um, cucumbers? Can, can you freeze those before you're ready to can? Or Because um, no, cucumbers also no, tend to come uh, in like that, zucchini. That would, that would be horrific. Yeah. Okay. No, I, if somebody out there has heard of freezing cucumbers, let us know because I've never heard of it. Okay. Um, no, you okay. just make your pickles out of them as they come. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you make pickles as you go out of that. Okay. Yeah. And salads and yeah. And of oh, course, yeah. they go really good in it. gin and tonic as well. <laughs> right. That's just me. <laughs> Ours never make it to the canning stage. We always have to buy. We go to the farmer's market and buy an entire box of uh, pickling cucumbers. Mm. Okay. Got that. Okay. That way you're you're always certain to have the amount that you need to actually can something. You aren't you aren't trying to can like two jars. 
So you, you, you want to make sure that, that you've got enough on hand to make a full batch of something. Just to, to, to make one Otherwise, you know, spending that much time, it, it really is, isn't going to be worth it for anyone. Right. You can okay. your jars if you want. I mean, that's, that's totally possible. That's what you've got in your own experiment. As a matter of fact, remember Jason Ball puts out that little kit. They have this little starter kit that has a little basket and um, yeah, there's yeah, the basket. It, it, it's meant specifically for, for water bath canning, uh, which is what, what you can do for tomatoes, jellies, jams, um, basically any, anything that's got a high acid to it. So most fruits, you, know, you, you, you can water bath can very easily. So you, you can do that in a large stock pot using this, this little plastic thing that, that comes in, in and out of the water. And it yeah, comes it's with really a little ball book. book of canning, too, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it comes yeah, with mm. We're not sponsored by Ball or anything like that. We just really <laughs> like their books. <laughs> well, well that, that's always who I've heard of, too, and, and that's well, what were the jars that we always had in our house. Yeah, they, they, they've been around from forever. All of the recipes have been tested and approved by the uh, the. Um, USDA. Uh, state agencies, yeah, the, the, the USDA, and then each state has an, an, an oversight agency as well that, that does food safety. And all of those recipes have been approved by those, those agencies. So you know when you're making something from one, one of the, the ball books, you know that, that it's safe. As long as you just so follow safe, these yeah. directions, you're good. And then what's the difference with pressure canning then? Pressure canning is that one that makes the hissing noises and it's kind of like, you know, if you, you can cook that way. A lot of people do pressure cooking where they'll cook a roast. We do that all the time. But you lock this lid on, and it's got a little – it builds pressure up inside of it with the water. It, it heats up, and all that steam stays trapped in there and sealed inside of the pot and builds up pressure, and that brings the heat up higher so that it, it sterilizes the food and makes it all safe. How's that? That's, that's the yeah. easy answer. And then it's, you usually release a little valve for... on the top. And it hisses and hisses, and that's the thing that everybody remembers about pressure canners. Yeah, Are we it's, 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 well, it's one of the. It's, well, it's, it's pressure canning is, is specifically for items that that are lower in a pH level, so they're basically like green beans, meat um, are, are the, the the main things. So that you know, any, any kind of a vegetable. Um, with the, the, the exception of tomatoes, which are actually fruit, but <clears throat> a lot of us consider them a vegetable. Anyway, um, anyway, um, so so yeah, so so, so in anything anything that, that that you're doing that's specifically vegetable oriented, 99.9% of the time has to be pressure canned because of, it doesn't have enough acid in it to keep any of the, the, those awful botulism toxins out of it. So that's the main issue. Now with, with right. water bath canning, you're, you're basically, you've got enough, you've got enough acid in whatever it is that, that, you're, that you're canning, but it's naturally going to, to keep everything safe. So all, all you, have to, you have to do is, is just a little, little bit of heat and uh, a little bit of water and you're, you're fine with that. Oh yeah, more responsibility. I'd hate to give some away as Christmas gifts and then I Poisoned everybody. All right. So again, it goes back to I'm, I'm circling personal responsibility. Um, right, right. Okay. <laughs> I got to think about this stuff a little bit. Now, how long does something keep once once you can it? According to the uh, the uh, ball blue blue book, and according to most of the, uh, the, the the oversight agencies, one year is the maximum time that that you should be keeping something. So that is the, the answer that we're going to go with. Okay, so um, basically, if 
whatever you can't eat in a year, you need to gift. Yeah, and that's the first thing because we teach classes. We'll come to your home and we teach can you know we do canning parties and, and canning classes. And the first thing that we say to people is, what are you going to eat in a year? Because we sit back and we said, okay, we need to know what we're, that, that second year that we planted our garden, we said, what do we eat the most of? And it was beans um, and, and tomatoes, you know, because we make pasta sauces and chili and stuff like that, and we eat a lot of beans and a lot of tomatoes. And, uh, you know, chili. so, yeah, we eat a lot of chili. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> So mm-hmm. it was, It was. let's grow those things and let's preserve those things. Well, the beans were easy because that was all drying. But the big thing was saying, okay, so we, we like jellies and jams and we like fruit, cobblers and pies. So we wanted to can that and the tomatoes. And so that was the biggest thing that we were sending out that we could be getting local or growing ourselves. And that's the first thing that we tell people is look at what you eat and put up what you eat. It's, mm-hmm. it's that simple. Right, right. Now, what's is there an overall general kind of a question that the, the people have when you're giving the classes? So is, is, is there are a number of them. Um, we will almost always get the how, how do I know I'm not going to poison my, my family question. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's important. Yeah, that's, and that's, that's easy because <laughs> as long as you're following the – the, the tested approved recipes, USDA approved recipes in the ball book, you know, you're fine. Just follow those directions exactly the same way you'd follow the directions when you're following a recipe, and that's that's all it is. It's just following a recipe, and you do exactly what it says to do, and, and you're in good shape. Well, the water bath sounds pretty simple. So you, you, you have, you, like right. uh, you were saying, you have, you have a, a big pot of water, and then you put your... Yep glass jars down in that, right? Now, I, I, let me give you a quick walkthrough on, on water bath canning. It's very simple. <clears throat> so what you're going to do is you're, you're going to get a large pot of water. If you, if you do have, like, your grandma's canner or you want to go out and buy a canner, it, it'll come with a, uh, a small metal insert there that goes in it that you can lift and drop the, the jars of, of, of in and out of the, the hot water. So... You're going to fill your, your – this is a good point, big point – fill your jars with water to begin with, put it into the, the, the boiling water, let them sterilize while you're getting everything ready. Once you've got mm. them ready, you take the jars out one at a time, empty out the water, put in whatever you're going to put into it, seal it with their, 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 their lids that you'll get that are right there next to where, where all of those jars are. Uh, the lids are not reusable. Don't try it. And then you, you, you put everything back in, into the water, and then you're going to process it for a certain amount of time, depending upon the size of the actual jar itself. Uh, okay. It's, it's the gateway to canning, honestly. It's, it's, there, it's, there's nothing to it. Anyone can do it. You, you don't need Anyone any really can? special fancy equipment or anything. Anyone can Any, can, huh? Anyone can can. That's- you got it. Listen, if we can do it, anybody can do it. Trust me, it's not it's it's not tough. After the first time we teach somebody, it's we've never had anybody not just like take off like a shot and become like a canning freak, kind of like we are. Really? Because <laughs> then you then you want to try everything. Ooh, I'm going to can figs, and I'm going to can this and that, you know. And it's just it's crazy. So it, it, it's it's a lot of fun. 
you know, in the middle of winter to go in, there is no better feeling than going into your pantry and opening up a jar of that tomato sauce that you made, and it smells like summer. It smells like fresh tomatoes. Peach jam. Oh, it's mm-hmm. so nice. You know, these, these, you know, gray, rainy Seattle winter mornings, and, you know, you get out your bread and you've got your toast or your scones, and you open up that, that apple jelly or that uh, apple butter and put it on there. Oh, it's just, it's, it's, it's great knowing that you have, you know where the food started and you know where it ends and you know what happened to it all along the way. You were in control yeah, of the that's, food. That's, a, that's a, a big thing. You know what is in that jar. There are no surprises. So whatever you put into it is what's coming out of it. There, there, there's nothing, nothing unusual in there. Mm-hmm. Well, and there's really a lot to say for that because um, we're, we're finding out more and more that our food supply isn't as safe as we've are, always thought it to be, or maybe it's changed right. over the years. And as we're getting more and more food from China or Mexico or, you know, where the standards aren't up to the United States standards, um, you, you're really at risk uh, to, to some degree, especially when you have those items available right in, in your local vicinity. Yeah, I mean, uh, we're fortunate here because of where we live. We can get so much. I mean, we basically don't need to go outside of that. I mean, we tried it. For what was it? For two years, we did the hundred. They called called it the hundred mile diet, and we didn't eat anything that didn't come within come from within a hundred miles of our house. And and that doesn't mean walking down to the Seven Eleven. That means it had to have been grown and produced within a hundred miles of where we lived. And it was easy for us. I think the Seattle PI did an interview with us that said something like, "Say goodbye to bananas," because that was the only thing. Bananas was the only thing that we couldn't get locally that we ate a lot of and we had to quit. And then um, we gave ourselves a pass on coffee and chocolate because <laughs> I would have I, yeah, I would have you know, thinking. <laughs> I would have hurt people. Good thinking. You know, but, I mean, even when it came to uh, beer and cocktails, we were able to get stuff locally and, and uh, we were able to, um, even when it came to coffee and chocolate, we were buying from local roasters who we knew where they got it and where they got their beans and how it, you know. So it just made us overall more aware of our food. And the whole canning thing came from a desire to control that food chain more and to know more about it. Um, I mean, we knew people personally who had gotten food poisoning uh, pretty badly and had gotten E. coli, and, uh, you know, back in that big scare back in the day, if you remember when that happened. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we knew people who had a child that died from that. And it was like, okay, it's too much. And uh, mm-hmm. so it really kind of struck home, hey, here's this, you know, I heard that interview and I said, here's this woman who did it. And, you know, she was so honest about it that, you know, how badly it went wrong for her, how freaked out she was at first. And, and uh, you know, so we decided to just jump in whole hog, but, you know, we tell people, especially with the canning thing and the preserving, is just to pick one thing and do it once. I mean, even if you just do one canning party and you um, get together with your friends and can one black box of tomatoes between, you know, two or three of you, you've still got that, that little taste right there that you know that every time you eat it or you feed your family or your guests that you're 
feeding them something that you contributed to, you know, in, in, not just in, in going down to the grocery store and buying. You made this from the start. So, you know, just starting someplace, one batch of tomatoes or a couple of jars of jelly or something. Yeah, you know, I, I was thinking as we were talking, why didn't we can? But I, I think that we were really lucky being in Southern California that we had fruits and vegetables year round, and so we year weren't round. It wasn't cold, right? So it, it just never was in. Like I said, we only had that when we went back to Tennessee. But but as our daily living in Southern California, it just it, we just it just never entered into our psyche because we could have those type of things all around and now that I'm up here and you know you have the I'm going to say four seasons I don't feel like we get four seasons it's like summer and <laughs> winter um, but, that's, but at Seattle has right. been very progressive in sustainable food buying locally within that hundred right. mile pike market and farmers markets have really expanded and has really led yeah. I think the charge across the country and more people now have farmers markets where they didn't have them before. They're able to start gardening in smaller areas. You don't have to have a farm now to garden. You can do it, right. you know, in an urban situation like like what you guys are doing. Right. Yeah, I think I think it's just it's it's do whatever you can. You know, it's not about. You don't have to go crazy like we did and go whole hog with it and get it food hog. You don't have to go all the way with it. You, you can just do one little thing, you know, grow a tomato plant or just grow your herbs or grow, you know, um, I, I don't know, just go go out and, and, and buy your one meal a week. That's how we just, we were starting was just, you know, one meal a week it was going to be local and it turned into our whole lifestyle just because, we felt better and we liked it and the food tasted better and it was, it was more fun um, instead of just running mm-hmm. out and grabbing what we could and, you know, convenience food kind of thing. It was, it was learning how to do that. And, you know, so we the just second started part talking of it, about that recently, as a matter of fact, that's what kind of pushed us into cooking for ourselves was going out and getting yeah. this one meal a week. We, we used to be those, those people who were constantly buying boxed dinners or frozen dinners and then just popping them in. And we figured out, well, okay, you know, this tastes so much better, and it is no more difficult than, than what it is I'm currently doing. I, I just have to put a little, just a little bit of thought into it. Yeah, well, it and, and like you said, you kind of start small. Start, start it at the one meal a week. Don't don't say one. I'm switching over everything. Just start one meal a week. Yes. Right. Just one meal a week, and that's and that's it. You know, just, just do one local meal a week, and think about just canning one batch of something. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's you know you want to can strawberry jelly, or you want to do right now plums and apples and pears and peaches, and still berries are coming on right now, and or tomatoes, or there's so much food around here that's fresh right now. And uh, just get one batch of it and can it, you know, or freeze it. Make it and, and freeze and it. I mean, don't, you know, so, don't this, try and get so fancy then you can go back on that. Yeah, don't, mm-hmm. don't, don't, don't try and get fancy with it either. Just make canned tomatoes or canned toma- tomato sauce, if, it's, if that's what you're going to be using. You don't have to do a spaghetti sauce where you're putting all the herbs and stuff in it. You can put that in later. Just, just mm-hmm. have... The, the, the fruit there, and that's mm-hmm. all that, that you're, you're going to need. Yeah, that's the other thing that we tell people. We don't can a finished product. We can whole foods. So, um, 
I mean, every once in a while we'll do like apple pie filling and we'll give it as gifts. But generally, I would say 99.99999% of the food that we can is, you know, either sauce or crushed tomatoes or, um, you know, uh, uh, apple slices or, you know, chunks, uh, pears and peaches, so that we can decide what to do with them later, um, how we want to spice them up or sweeten them up or how we want to use them in food. Uh, that way we're, we're not sitting there stuck with, you know, 20 extra cans of tomato sauce that we're trying to use up by the end of the season. When, when you guys were doing the um, canning across America, the live webcast from Pike Market, what were you guys canning then? We did we did our, our uh, uh, hot pepper, pepper jelly. jelly. Oh, the pepper jelly. Yeah, it was the hot pepper jelly, and we did um, – we did the recipe right out of the ball book for that one, right, Jace? Yes. Yeah, we did that one just straight out of the ball book because that's, that's who was running it, and that's, you know, of course, that's where you need to start. Mm-hmm. But we have since um, doctored that a little bit. <laughs> and uh, that, recipe, that, that recipe is on our website, as a matter of fact. So is our canning. Our tomato canning uh, recipe is all in there, too. Um, oh, great. And then that's at www.com. Yeah, yeah, if they go to shivaguys.com, that's that's the gateway to our to life with the Shiva guys, which is kind of our lifestyle, food, gardening, dogs, hiking, Seattle kind of thing. And then they can also go to Jason's website for uh, Shiva Guys Photography. He's a professional photographer, and Shiva Guys Designs. I'm a, a, a fashion designer, so they can branch off to any of those from shivaguys.com. Oh, yeah, you guys are super, super successful, and I really appreciate you guys coming on. I have to ask you, what pectin is, though? Do, do I need pectin? I always see it, and people are always asking about pectin, and I'm like, what is pectin, and what am I supposed to do with it? Or do I even need it? Okay, pectin. Here's the, the thing about, about pectin. Pectin is basically a natural emulsifier, and it's used in jelly-making Specifically, so if you are oh, making okay. jellies of just about any, any kind and you want it to be thick, then you're, you're going to use pectin. If, if you want to make syrup or just juice, then don't worry about it. Um, the recipes in inside the, the actual box will of pectin will, will tell you what, what to use and how to use it. There are a number of different varieties. There, there are no sugar added. There's liquid, and then there's the, the, the standard. But you know, they're, they're all available, and all the, the, the information is right on the box. Yeah, when you're okay, first starting, so just follow the flat recipe. Right, right. Okay, so that would come into play in, like, advanced, my 201 class where I'm incorporating right. jelly. Okay. <laughs> right. Got it. No. No, no, it's no, not, no. It's, it's, not, it's, it's just it's, another ingredient. It's just another ingredient. Okay. And when we, if somebody wants to do jelly the first time, they use it right off the bat. Yeah, like, like mm. our, our, our pepper jelly calls for liquid pectin. Right. Yeah, it, it, it's just we're right there, and it just you just snip off the top, and it's pre-measured. You just put it right in. You don't have to do anything. Oh, okay, that's even better. That's even better. I I will say, and I completely agree with you on the taste. I have noticed since we started our garden that it tastes so much better. And and I liken it to, and I, I've never been a smoker, but, but people will tell me when they quit smoking, the food tastes better. They could taste the food better. I liken that to when you're growing your own fruits and vegetables. I, I can really taste a difference in what's coming out of our garden as to a store-bought product. 
Oh, it's it's amazing. The difference is night and day. You know, I mean, after a while, if you, especially with our own tomatoes, if we're cooking someplace else for somebody and we buy a can of tomatoes, um, we can taste it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying I'm not saying that we catch it every time, but most of the time we go, oh, they're canned tomatoes, man. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so it, it, mm-hmm. the, the taste difference is amazing. Most mm-hmm. of the, 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 the fruits and vegetables found in the, the marketplace places today are made specifically to, to travel. They're, they're, they're grown somewhere else. They're, they're put in boxes. And then weeks later is when they, they actually show up. When, when you're, you're getting your own fruits, fruits and vegetables out of your own backyard or if you're getting them from a farmer's market, they're, they're, they're days old. They're made specifically or they're, they're grown specifically for their flavors as compared to the, the, the amount of time that, that they can withstand being right. uh, being shipped. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense, and because I can absolutely taste this, and I've really noticed it, especially in carrots, because sometimes carrots they have like this funky aftertaste or something when you buy a store bought yeah. carrot, probably like a chemically taste or something. But right out of your garden, they're real sweet. They don't need anything. I mean, they actually almost taste like nature's candy. I mean, they're they're just that good. Yeah, it's, it's shocking after the first time that you eat food. If you've been, especially we talk about everything has skipped a generation, right? That, that Lori, the generation that you and I and Jason belong to, it kind of skipped us. Our parents knew about this, and especially their parents Mm-hmm. you know, did grow their own food and preserve their own food and didn't run to the grocery store for everything. Our parents started using more convenience items but still knew how to do all this stuff, but it wasn't that important, so we never learned it. So we probably mm-hmm. grew up, you know, eating more processed foods or at least having those phased into our lives, and, you know, we didn't make our own clothes and we didn't, you know, we didn't do any of those things. And so there's this whole skip-a-generation thing that happen with what we call these heritage skills, which is, you know, the cooking, preserving food, um, the knitting and crocheting that we teach, uh, sewing, you know, all those types of things. It kind of, those heritage skills kind of skipped a generation, and that's the big pushback right now is this big revival that people are like, hey, you know, this wasn't that long ago. It seems like it was, you know, back in the old days, but that really mm-hmm. wasn't that long ago. <laughs> No. Well, I'll tell you, luxury eating at my house when I was growing up was we all got to pick out our own special TV dinner. So somebody could be having, you know, like turkey and dressing and someone could be having salty steak. And that was good eating because we didn't have to, like, eat with the group. We could go off off the rails into our own little thing. And my parents, you know, I, I didn't even know that chicken that came in pieces other than out of the banquet box, you know, that there was, like, oh, no. two legs. And so this, that was just kind of how I grew up. Now, my mom is a fantastic, I'll have to say, she's a fantastic cook. Um, and she entered and she would win a lot of contests. And But family, to, to do that repetitively night after night after night, just they were from this new generation that they were um, – kind of uh, living this, this different kind of a prepared lifestyle. 
and uh, easier. And, and that's just kind of the way would, we would all go and look into the freezer, and we'd all pick out, oh, hey, I want this and I want that. And, 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 and that's how we lived right. for, for, for a long time. <laughs> sure. So, you know, now... It just it just made sense to do that, you know. I mean, it was, you know, here was all this convenient stuff, and you know, it's it's mm-hmm. just what we did. It was progress at the time, right? Right, exactly, right. And yeah, then we exactly. figured out now, hey, progress. hey, we don't want to do that, and we want to take back control of it a little bit. I'm not saying mm-hmm. there's anything wrong with running down to the grocery store and grabbing something, but at least know how to make tomato sauce. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At least know mm-hmm. how to make a pot of pasta from from a jar of tomatoes, you know what I mean? Or to go out and buy a few tomatoes from the farmer's market and how to cook them into a sauce, you know what I mean? Know how to do so it's that. all about That's balance. One thing. Mm-hmm. 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 What's about having yeah, the balance, right. balance in your it life? It really and, is. It's, right. it's, it's mm-hmm. about finding a balance in that. And like I said, we, I, I'm extreme. When I get into something, I'm really into it. And so we started with the one meal a week, but we had leftovers, and went, well, now we need to do something with these leftovers. That salmon went a long way. <laughs> and it was like, well, we're going to have leftovers, you know. And then we started, you know, we bought, um, oh, we bought a big roast from Skagit River Ranch um, uh, up at the Ballard Farmer's Market. And uh, we had leftovers from that. And so, well, look at that. There's two meals from our local meal. And so, you know, and so, oh, mm-hmm. now we're doing two mm-hmm. meals a week. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, and so then it, it quickly turned into, well, now it's three and four meals a week. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it's not like we And it becomes a lifestyle. Yeah, and then it just becomes, again, that you're just more aware of the food that you're eating. And it, <clears throat> sometimes sometimes it creeps me out to eat things out of the store. <laughs> I'm not mm-hmm. saying that we don't mm-hmm. shop at the grocery store, but just some of the stuff, like, chicken creeps me out from the store. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I I completely understand what you're saying, and it's um, you have to try it, and and you may find that you really really like it, and then you can go as far as you want to go with it, or maybe you just want to just be the person that that cans a few things or eats one or two meals um, right. locally. Um, but it is fun if you kind of take ownership. And another thing that I've noticed that America does is we buy a lot of things in bulk. And if you go outside of the United States, people kind of shop by the day or by every two days. They go down to the market and they shop. And so you can yep. get nice ingredients when you're kind of shopping every day, every other day. And that's kind of the way the world works. But in America, not us, you know, we go to Costco, we fill up, you know, the trunk, and we put everything in the freezer. And, and that's yep. the way that we kind of just do this bulk eating but you really do eat better, and you can take more ownership, and you can get to know the people at the farmer's market. And, and you can't – I mean, just asking people if they can, you'd probably be surprised how many people actually might want to can with you or know a little bit of something. And like right. you said, you have these very successful canning parties. And then it becomes social because one thing Americans are, are very social. Yeah, we yeah, did those canning parties are the best way to go. I mean – because, I mean, there's two of us that does it at home when we're canning, so we keep each other company and we laugh and, you know, we're idiots and stuff. But it's it's a lot of fun when we get a group of people together and, you know, quote-unquote teach them how to can. Um, it's, it's It just becomes, you know, a, a big 
social cooking gathering is what it is. You know, mm-hmm. and in the end, all of a sudden, you know, we, we did one that had a bunch of food writers and a couple of chefs and stuff like that in it. And, uh, and so they, we did this, this canning party for them, and it was tomatoes, and it was that uh, pepper mix that we do. Um, and, and salsa. Oh, and our, sal- our peach salsa. Lori, you've got to remind me to bring you some of our, our peach salsa. That recipe is on our website, too. This peach salsa. Is, I will. Oh, my God. I've ever written down um, everything that you're canning, and I don't even know if I'm going to put it in the garden next year. I'm just going to come over to your guys' house. <laughs> I'm, I'm here with my basket. Just fill me up. <laughs> just come raid our pantry, right? Yeah, we've always said exactly. in, the, in, the zombie, in the zombie apocalypse, we'd be okay. <laughs> I'd be knocking on your door. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I mean, we get a group of people together like that, and even people who are aware of food and stuff like that, and they just thought that canning was this magical thing that all of a sudden, you know, after this big party, it was just, you know, you know how people are when you get in the kitchen. You know, you go, you talk, and you laugh, and you have some wine, and have a couple of cocktails, and at the end of all this socializing, all of a sudden there was there were entire flats full of tomato sauces and and uh, pepper jellies and all all types of stuff, and they were just like, "This is amazing that in this one little evening we made this much food to put away for the winter." And it's just it was it's it's fun to see people get it all of a sudden. So mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. once you try it once. You try it once, you're gonna get a little hooked on it, and you'll be you'll be more apt to do it again. All right. Well, I'm not very scared anymore, so I am gonna try it. It'll probably be something with tomatoes or cucumbers. Those seem to be what we have a plenty. Um, it's it's kind of like we spilled the um, seeds when we tripped over something, and they're just everywhere. So it'll it'll, it'll probably be something along those lines. Um, and um, and I will take a picture, and I'll let you know. And I'll let you try it, too. I'll bring you so – I'll trade you. We could trade. I can we'll trade, trade you. There we go. We'll like we did trade. we could bargain like they did in the olden days. You do a food swap. That's right. There's a, there's, a group, there's a group on Twitter that does food swaps all the time in San Francisco. I've always thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Well, especially if you don't have that fear of, like, poisoning people. Um, because that was, you know, I mean, that was like a, a big question that the people have when they go to the party. And that was really my big question, too, because that would just be horrible. But I'm, I'm really not that afraid of it, especially when you're talking to me all about the, you know, ways of sterilizing it and the pressure and the heat and the water and all those things. All of that makes sense. And um, so I'm not as you just afraid the recipe. Of, of that. Just follow, follow the recipe. Hey, when all else fails. <laughs> Follow the recipe. <laughs> that's right, and, and, that's, and it, it's true. And you're going to have the links to all of that, the, the Bob Canning Guide, and all of that on your website, right? Which is Sheba Guys G U Y Z, right? Com, right, right. G U Y Z. So it's S H I B A G U Y Z dot com, and we have the link up too. And if you link to us, link to them, and you can find out all of this Excellent. information. Well, thank you. That was fun, and it's it's not a huge mystery to me anymore. Yeah, it's not really, is it? I mean, once you once you figure out it's just cooking. Mhm. You know, Candy. it's just cooking. You're you're kind of like, yeah. oh, okay. It's so much more than than just an ice 
pee holder. Penny jars. <laughs> it holds moonshine and gin and tonics. Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and tomato sauce and pickles. Right. So after you eat the stuff out, you can wash it and then you can drink from it and then start the process all over the following year. Can eat, drink. That's can right. eat, drink. Can eat, drink. It's a circle of life. It's the circle of life. That's right. <laughs> oh, no. All right. Well, hang on just a second. I need to play Lo-Fi's song. It's called Idaho, but it talks about West Seattle. And I want to thank Shannon and Jason for coming on. And if you have any questions, just email them because I'm going to be in uh, and over my head as it is with my tomatoes and cucumbers. <laughs> and so I'll be right back.
We would like to thank our listeners, our guests, and, of course, our sponsor, Audible.com. We've included an easy one-click link to Audible.com where you can just go and browse and check out and see if catching up on your reading is right for you through an audiobook. The first book is free. It doesn't cost anything to check it out. So check it out. Get back with us. Let us know what you think. And be sure to also check out NorthwestPrime.com. For this interview and other great interviews that we've had with numerous celebrities and other entertainers in the past, thanks and have a great day.